Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, YA is sponsored by Confessions of a Teenage Leper by Ashley Little. Texas cheerleader Abby Furlow is on top of the world until a diagnosis of Hansen's disease, also known as leprosy, throws a wrench into all of her plans. As Abby learns more about her disease, she questions what she wants and most of all who she wants to be. With her history as an A-plus mean girl, Abby is hard to like at first, but this contemporary YA novel pulls no punches it is, as it examines not only the hierarchy of high school, but the reality of living with a disease. Confessions of a Teenage Leper by Ashley Little is available now. Welcome to Hey YA! From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to updates on the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA! is a bi-weekly podcast here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. AYA is a Book Riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We're recording on Thursday, September 28th, 2018. Hello. Hello. How is it going? Not bad, not bad. Just a little harried. I am (laughs) on my way to the Chattanooga YA Festival this weekend. It's, It's nice. a brand new festival. It's the first one, and there are just a staggering amount of really cool people there. Um... I'm really excited. Oh, that's awesome. Um, anybody in particular that you're excited to see? Yeah, you know, uh, like Jeff Zentner will be there, um, Brittany Cavallaro, um, and then some authors who I've talked about quite a bit on here. Uh, Ashley Woodfolk, who wrote uh, The Beauty That Remains, the book that destroyed me, and uh, Olivia A. Cole, who wrote A Conspiracy of Stars, who uh, people on Twitter have been calling me out for talking about her too much on the podcast, and you know what? I'm not sorry. And uh, yeah, there's just like an all-star lineup of really, really cool people. That's awesome. What have you uh, been reading lately? Uh, so yeah, I am I, I'm trying to get myself out of uh, our uh, kid lit book jail from talking about middle grade too much, <laughs> and uh, I got sent a copy of uh, Black Enough by E.B. Uh, e. Zaboy, um, and it's this collection of stories about, well, being young and black in America. It's an, a YA anthology um, that, oh dear, I'm not sure who's putting it out. Balzer and Bray is putting it out. And uh, yeah, the author list is just unbelievable. Justina Ireland, Danielle Clayton, Jason Reynolds, Nick Stone, uh, Lamar Giles, Jay Coles, Brandy Colbert, and uh, Co Booth, who we read together. Um, yeah, and there's just so many more. Um, so far, I read Renee Watson's story, um, and then E.B.'s amazing intro and Lamar Giles' story. I skipped to him uh, because the title was uh, Black Nerd Problems, and I knew <laughs> I was just going to love it. Um, and, you know, I feel like since my wife and I had our baby, I've been, like, trying to find books like this to, to you know, read to him and give him when he grows up. Uh, so I'm really excited that this exists. Um, and then I got to beta read a book that will be coming out next year. Um, so Ashley Woodfolk has a new book called... Uh, when You Were Everything, coming out next year. 
Um, so it's a, it's a friendship breakup book, um, which got me thinking we should totally do a YA episode about YA friendship books yes. in the near future. Um, yes. Because those are pretty rare. You know, I feel like it's a, there's always the romance, uh, but this is just, you know, two best friends break up, and what is that experience like? And it's just re- really devastating. Um, I'm excited for people to read it uh, when it comes out next year. What um, what about you? What are you reading? Well, uh, so I went on vacation last week and uh, didn't read a single book. It was kind of the best. It's like one of those things where, you know, sometimes people are really excited for vacation because they will have the time to read. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I go in with those intentions as well. And then I was like, you know what? It's actually kind of nice not to read. It's kind of nice <laughs> to... Um, at the end of the day, just like collapse in bed and zone out to TV, you know? And uh, so when I got back, I started reading again, of course. And I read Tahara Mafi's A Very Large Expansive Sea, Mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, long listed for the National Book Award in Young People's Lit. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little conflicted about it because the the book itself is excellent uh, thematically, topically, and it has this really great angry female main character, which just like, ah, Sharon is so great. So great. But, uh, the writing at times left me wanting more like it. Um, how do I explain that there were, there were opportunities I felt were missed that could have been like super dug into in terms of like really gorgeous writing and description that weren't quite there. Um, but it's, it's Mafi's first contemporary Book. And, and I wonder if that plays into it, too, um, since it's not her usual sort of format uh, in terms of what she typically writes. But, like, it's also one of those books that I'm not going to hesitate to recommend to, you know, so many readers um, because it was great, um, aside from that little, like, personal quibble I had with it. Um, I'm also in the middle of reading Odd One Out by Nick Stone, which is, uh, yeah, it's I'm not even halfway through yet, but it's a friendship slash romance book. And uh, I'm loving the characters. I'm loving sort of this really intimate look at when you decide a friendship is a friendship versus when a friendship is something more. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, on deck then is Sawkill Girls by Claire Legrand, which is a horror novel. And uh, I I keep meaning to pick it up and keep meaning to pick it up. And then finally, uh, Amanda Nelson, who uh, works for Book Riot, executive editor, um, she Instagrammed a photo of it and said it was a it was reminding her of it but without the like weird sex thing. And all I thought was I need that. Like I loved it minus that weird sex thing. So like I'm like I'm ready for it. Um, and then also I need to just like scream about a galley I got uh, in the mail. Mm-hmm. So when when I was on vacation, my neighbor was coming over and taking care of the animals, and then dropping all my book mail on this chair I have in my office. And like I put off opening it because I was overwhelmed by the number of like boxes and envelopes that were sitting there. And uh, but I went through it and I got uh, an arc of a book called A Thousand Sisters by Elizabeth Ween, which comes out in January. And I've been looking forward to this book since I saw the announcement like two years ago. It's it's a YA nonfiction book about the Night Witches, which if you aren't familiar with them, they are the airwomen from the Soviet Union in World War II. Um, and they did a lot of these missions that don't get talked about a whole lot. It's like an aspect of World War II that totally fascinates me um, because it's about women and and the role women played in in the war. Um, 
I had had this idea to like write a book like that and had even proposed it to my agent. And then I saw the announcement from um, her publisher a few weeks after I had mentioned it uh, as something I was thinking about. And I was like, you know what? I can't write this book because she's the perfect person for it. Like, (laughs) I want to read this book now. And uh, so I have it in my hands and like, it's going to be so hard not to uh, drop everything and read it right away. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, um, I just got sent a copy of uh, Odd One Out by Nick Stone. Uh, she's going to be at the festival this weekend, and I didn't get to read it or start reading it yet because I packed it immediately because I'm going to be weird and ask her to <laughs> sign a copy while we're on a panel together. That's not weird. That's pretty, like, <laughs> what you should be doing, right? Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, and then also I should, you know, I should mention my book comes out next week. Yeah, uh, and so I'm having like a little bit of panic about like <laughs> that happening, and also like I want to read other books and talk about other books, but I should also maybe talk about mine once in a while. Um, so if you are interested in real stories about mental illness and and people who um, are learning to talk about and learning to navigate their own mental health, whether or not they have an actual mental illness, uh, can I recommend my book that comes out on Tuesday? So it'll be out the day after, or the day before this podcast hits, and that's Don't Call Me Crazy. Um, it's a paperback original, so cheaper than a hardcover, and <laughs> you'll be able to pick it up anywhere books are sold. Hooray! I got my little brain pin. <laughs> yes. It's very good on my backpack. <laughs> um, I... I'm at some point going to have to talk about like all of the things I learned about the postal service from doing this um, giveaway. I I did a pre-order promotion. Like if people bought the book, they can get this custom enamel pin. And the first round I sent out in regular envelopes, and uh, everybody told me that the envelopes came with no pin. The uh, machines at the post office had. Uh, ripped open the envelopes and the pins fell out. Oh, no. So then I was like, well, I'm going to get, you know, these small little bubble envelopes and put them in there. And I'll just throw a couple stamps on because it'll probably weigh just a little bit over, you know, what they can send in the mail. So here I am, like, you know, sitting down, addressing all the envelopes. And I I resent pins to everybody who had lost one in the mail. And I, I put this, like, giant pile of envelopes with stamps in the mailbox. And I was like, good, got that done. Like, I'm on top of it. Uh, the next day, they all come back to me with with a rubber band. And it says um, something like, more postage due. And so I went to the post office the next next week. And I was like, all right, can you, can you explain this? And she's like, yes, this is not a flat envelope. This is a parcel. It's not flat. She said, so it costs more. She goes, and a lot of people get really mad about this because in theory it shouldn't cost more, but it does. And anyway, long, boring story short is finally the pins are out in the mail. But uh, man, mail, an awesome (laughs) thing I know nothing about. (laughs) Like I'm going to stick to books. I'm better at that. Should we, uh, let's, let, speaking of books and, and this podcast, uh, can we talk about the Kirkus Prize books? Yes, totally. Oh, man. More awards. I love award season and when, when these things start happening. Um, like, not just because two YAs I adored are on it, Poet X and Children of Blood and Bone, um, but because it's like, it's another great way of getting introduced to books that I haven't heard of yet. Um, like, I'm so ashamed that I had no idea Meg Medina had another book out. Um, 
like Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ass is amazing, and I love all of her novels. And I didn't know that she had a, a middle grade book out, which got nominated. Uh, Mercy Suarez changes gears. Um, like I'm not very savvy when it comes to middle grade reads. I, I don't really read them. Um, like you know, occasionally I bring one up on here in a panic, but it's because I already know who those authors are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, these kind of awards get me digging into what's coming out. It's it's I'm excited. I am. Um... I'm going to do what you normally do and say I'm going to risk YA jail and talk about one of the non-YA books on the list. <laughs> um, but but there's a tie to YA with it. And uh, so the book is an adult book. It's Katie Williams's Tell the Machine Goodnight, mm-hmm. which is this brilliant science fiction book about um, technology and how it connects people to one another and how it also sort of tears them apart. And it's told through a whole bunch of interconnected voices. And it's it's a book that I read in like a single sitting. It's excellent. Uh, here's where I get out of that YA jail. Uh, Katie Williams actually wrote two YA books before this book, which is her debut adult book. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote a book called The Space Between Trees, which is uh, a mystery. And then she wrote a book called Absent, which is this brilliant thriller, horror novel slash ghost story. And... I'm really hoping that with the sort of exposure she's getting with this adult book that maybe people will go back and read and talk about those YA books because they didn't get a whole lot of um, discussion when they hit and they were brilliant. Like, I hope I hope that that, you know, helps raise her profile a little bit more. Um, and then also, I had in my mind that I wanted to read Harbor Me, Jackie, uh, Jacqueline Woodson's next book. Mm-hmm. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. But uh, now that it's a Kirkus finalist... Or Kirkus Prize book, excuse me. I'm like, hmm, I have to bump it up the pile. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a nice reminder that, you know, she continues to produce these books that are just excellent and that she's been such a staple in Kidlet for a long, long time. And the Kirkus Prize is like money, right? Don't you get I think like, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like real money, man. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. So uh, let's let's hit our first sponsor before we dig into our our show. Um, our sponsor for the first part of the show is Vesuvian Books. Death by the River is a girl's revenge thriller that pulls from Weiss's years of working as an RN in New Orleans, as well as wanting to bring to light the effects, both physical and mental, of sexual assault, as well as the disturbed mindset of the individuals who commit such acts. Weiss's experience as a nurse with victims of sexual assault helped breathe life into the characters who suffer at the hands of the psychologically twisted Beau DeVroe. Weiss's understanding of mental health issues also brought to life Beau's decline into depravity. Death by the River has a theme of empowering women by advocating they should never be silent no matter what. They're not powerless victims, but powerful makers of change. Weiss explores the same message in her forthcoming 2019 novel, Realm, a historical YA about the 16-year-old Persian wife of Alexander the Great and how she used her voice to challenge convention. Death by the River has been optioned by Boilermaker Entertainment, along with Weiss and Astor's forthcoming 2019 sci-fi crime thriller, The Shimmera Effect. And our first sponsor was Vesuvian Books. The first book in that was Death by the River, and the second was Realm. So, Eric, I have a book coming out. You do. And uh, it's an anthology. Yes. And you had an anthology. I did. Why don't we talk about anthologies? (laughs) That sounds like a good thing to talk about today. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I love anthologies. Um, I know I've talked about it a little bit before when I forget what book it was I, re- I was reading, but um, I love the fact that uh, anthologies just work so well in the classroom situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even though I, I teach uh, college students, um, you know, sometimes they don't have all the time in the world to, to read uh, an entire book. And a lot of them are, you know, attempting YA and attempting the voice. So being able to give them a, you know, a short YA story or short, you know, essay geared towards a YA audience from these books is just, oh, they're just so helpful. I love them in the classroom environment. Um, and I love them on the go because... Sometimes I'm only on the train for 10 minutes and I just want to finish a whole story instead of playing, I don't know, the latest... What are the kids playing these days on their phone? Angry Birds? I don't know. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, digging into a story feels great. And I'm... So so my fascination with anthologies comes from college. I took this... Well, it was my senior capstone class for my English major where what we did is we studied anthologies and... Mm -hmm looked at how they're put together and what choices were made and what those choices say about the sort of editorial eye that goes into it. Um, And our big project then was to put together an anthology on any topic we wanted um, and to sort of come up with the theme and the angle we were going for. And it's so it's always been something then after that that's fascinated me, thinking about sort of the the whys and the hows. Like, why is this story the first story in the collection? Or, um, you know, why did they choose these voices to include and not these voices? And aside from some of the practical reasons for that, um, there's just, there's a lot to sort of, to chew on in terms of not just the the stories themselves, but also like the actual curation of the the book. Yeah. uh, Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, and so I've always been sort of fascinated with with the whole package, all the pieces of it. And something you had mentioned in a previous episode is something too that sticks with me is it's anthologies are nice because you can read them over a long period of time, but they don't take a whole lot of time to read. So you can you can read a story a night, you know, and, and feel like you've done really good reading without feeling like you can't stop and put it down for, you know, any given amount of time. Like, you can work your way through it as you need to. And um, I I think because of how I think about anthologies, it's hard for me to read them out of order. Like, I like reading them front to back. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of readers who like them because they can skip around and find that ah. that, you know, like, there's something to be said, too, about, like, oh – you know, six of my favorite authors are in this collection of 10. I'm going to read theirs first and then, mm-hmm. you know, discover new voices. And I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I just did reading um, the, the the Black Enough anthology. Like I saw that Lamar Giles uh, title and I was like, well, yes, <laughs> I need to read this right away. <laughs> I think, too, like we're really in a golden age of anthologies right now. Um there's so many great ones that have hit. There's so many great ones that are coming out. And they're really thoughtful and smart. And they're really paving a way for a lot of new voices as well as well-known and, and loved voices to be shared and curated really smartly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, and I agree. And uh, another thing when you're talking about curation uh, that I like a lot about anthologies is the, uh, the idea that you can tackle a lot. You know, in in a single book, yes. um, 
you know, like if you're, you know, trying to dig into one specific theme, you're able to pull in lots of different voices instead of just, you know, a lone single one. Yeah. And I like, too, when anthologies are able to take on a topic and have opposing viewpoints in it Mm -hmm. to sort of tell the reader that there are many ways to think about a topic or an idea and that they can exist without agreeing and that's okay. Like, um, the, the way we approach a problem might be different, but it doesn't mean that our goals aren't the same. Um, and I feel like a good anthology shows you all the different ways to like reach for that goal. And yet like there can be disagreements within, you know, the methods to get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I don't know, what are what are some of your favorite anthologies then? Um, so I just picked this one up. I haven't read it yet. Uh, I literally got it at the library yesterday after waiting for it for forever. Um, and it's Toil and Trouble, edited mm-hmm. by Jessica Spotswood and Tess Sharp. It just came out. It's a collection of inclusive stories about witches. And I don't know about you. But this time of year, and if I'm being honest, like any time of year, really, uh, is perfect for witch stories. Oh, yes. And uh, I feel like witch stories really lend themselves well to the short story format because there's so many ways you can take it and and um, also so many variations on on this character, on this idea. Um, and I can't wait to dive in because it's got so many great voices in there, including uh, – Feta Thakrar, Nova Rensuma, Kate Hart, and many, many more. And uh, yeah, I think when I start to uh, go in and out of town for my own book stuff, I'm going to pack that because I feel like a short story is probably what I can handle, you know, <laughs> like yeah. when bouncing around. And uh, that is Toil and Trouble, edited by Jessica Spotswood and Tess Sharp. Nice. And I love that there's that story from Shredda in there because I feel like uh – you know, she's been in like two anthologies mm-hmm. recently and, you know, she doesn't have a book out yet, but I think this is like, this is your way of getting into her stories before her book comes out. So yep. you can be that person that's like, oh, well, you know, I heard about her and her stories before any of you did and blah, 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 blah. So, yes. <laughs> she uh, she was in Feminism for the Real World um, mm-hmm. and her writing is just luminous like some of the most beautiful prose i've written so uh, i'm so eager to see more from her and to see uh see her fiction too i'm i'm more used to the nonfiction, so i'm eager to to see the other side what's on your list what do you've got oh goodness so many well i already mentioned uh black enough earlier um so you know what i'm gonna mention the marginals again am i gonna get in trouble for <laughs> bringing him up like eight times over the course of this episode uh I'm a fan. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I know I mentioned this book on a previous episode. It's Fresh Ink. Um, it's one of his anthologies. And I feel like this is becoming, or probably is, just one of my favorites uh, this year, period. Um, because it's so short. You know, is that a weird reason to, to be excited about something? Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, my educator side of my brain gets hyped for these e- extra short stories because I could see them being helpful in the class. Um, but also it's just this wonderfully diverse anthology, um, that contributes to We Need Diverse Books. Um, so it's just so perfect. Uh, who else is in there? There's, uh, Nicole Yoon, uh, Jason Reynolds are in it. Um, you can definitely read this book in just, like, a single sitting. Um, and it's just so quick and colorful. It's a lot like, uh, the spritz of spray paint that is on the cover of the book. Um, it's really great. Uh, pick it up and help contribute to a great organization. That is uh, French, fr- uh, French ink. <laughs> That's a different, 
That is a that is a different book. Uh, Fresh Ink by Lamar Giles. <laughs> Uh, I've had that one sitting on my shelf too, and I can't wait to read it. Um, I feel like that's the theme of this show. Uh, yes. But, uh, I think I've talked about this one before, but I'm going to talk about it again. It's uh, Our Stories, Our Voices, 21 Why Authors Get Real About Injustice, Empowerment, and Growing Up Female in America, edited by Amy Reed. It's a nonfiction essay anthology, so it's already after my heart just thematically. And it's edited by one of my favorite YA writers. So, you know, it was like an automatic, like, I'm going to read this uh, cover to cover as soon as it's in my hands. And it kind of did. So all the pieces are really thoughtful and brave, and they take on a wide range of feminist topics related to being someone who identifies as female in uh, America, so some of the standout pieces in this collection for me were uh, by Brandy Colbert, who writes about learning the racist history of the town she grew up in and how um, her town went from one that had a really large black population to one where she was one of the few black people in her school. I loved uh, Maureen Goo's piece about the way she uses her anger to fuel her creativity and her actions and um how it informs all the different aspects of her life. Uh, Julie Murphy's essay in there was about how uh, being fat meant that she was politically important and politically active regardless of whether or not she chose to act as an activist or act as a person who is politically engaged. Mm -hmm. And then there is this piece that closes the book by a brand new author um, who had never published before, and her name is Tracy Dion Walker, I believe she's sold a book since, but uh, man, her writing was excellent, and it was about the way uh, other people put expectations on her as a black girl and how she chooses to use art to fight back about those expectations, and uh, that sort of was a nice reminder to me that these anthologies allow space for new writers who might not have a book out, but that you could read and be like, wow, you know, like sign me up for whatever they do next. Um, And that is Our Stories, Our Voices, edited by Amy Reed. Oh, man, I need to get that. Um, Let me see. Next on mine uh, are Stephanie Perkins anthologies. Um, So I really love these books. Um, My True Love Gave to Me uh, and Summer Days and Summer Nights. Uh, They're two collections um, from YA rom-com master Stephanie Perkins and also apparently uh, YA horror master. Um, (laughs) So they're just these bundles of sweet Sunni stories from like, oh goodness, Libba Bray, Johnny Hahn, David Levithan, Ali Carter. They're just like, just giants. Uh, in Kidlit, uh, in all of these books. Um, the latest even has a story from Lev Grossman in it. Did you know that? There's a Lev Grossman YA short story in yes. the, um... Yes, yeah, I, I did know that. I did not know that, and I guess that's, like, not big a, st- big a stretch, because, like, The Magicians is basically, like, college angst Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> so I, I could see him working with the Kidlit space. Um, so yeah, these collections uh, are full of all these powerhouses. Um, you can read them over the holiday season while snowed in, and the other one maybe at the beach. Uh, they're a lot of fun, and uh, I would recommend checking them out. And that is My True Love Gave to Me, uh, and uh, Summer Days and Summer Nights by Stephanie Burton. My next one was going to be Black Enough, uh, the book you talked about at the very beginning of the show. So I won't repeat it, but uh, I'm so excited to read it. And I also got a copy of this one, so um, I'll be reading it soon. Yay. But 
So I'll, I'll skip that one because we, we've hit it already, but I'll talk about an older one. Uh, came out in 2013, and it's called Open Mic, Riffs on Life Between Cultures, edited by Mitali Perkins. Uh, it's one that stuck with me since I've read and uh, is worth highlighting because it's obviously still really relevant and one that I think um, readers who are picking up more anthologies now would be uh, thrilled to go back and visit. It's a collection of short stories about being somebody who identifies within two cultures. Um, they're funny and honest and true, and um, it's perfect for those lower YA readers and like upper middle grade readers. Mm-hmm. For um, you know, we talk, we've talked about how it's hard to find books like sort of in that lower YA range sometimes, and this is one that's perfect for it. Um, some of the voices in the collection include Varian Johnson, Jean Neary, Gebmi Rude Perkins, Jean Luen Yang, and many, many more. And that is Open Mic Riffs on Life Between Cultures, edited by Mitali Perkins. That's awesome. I don't know how I didn't hear I haven't heard of that one. I'll, uh, oh boy. As always, <laughs> another episode where I'm adding lots of things to my list. Um, so my next pick is uh, Meet Cute, um, which I. I don't think this had a central author as yeah, the Yeah, I don't think it did either. Yeah, if we're wrong, uh, author, please send us an angry tweet uh, <laughs> if you put this together. Uh, but yeah, I think it was put together by a publisher, and I love this book. It's uh, stories of how people met, uh, those quirky meet-cutes that we either adore or sometimes hate, uh, in movies and books written out in clever short stories. Um, you have authors like Emery Lord, Daniel Clayton, who I, I've talked about her like three times already <laughs> uh julie murphy Cass morgan and uh and a lot more it's a lot of fun it's very sweet um and like the cover is just so memorable with all the different characters uh illustrated on there um yeah pick this one up it's very cute uh meet cute by shrug emoji i don't know <laughs> this episode is just devolved into laughing <laughs> Oh, my next one uh, is the opposite of laughter. Unless you're kind of like me and find horror to be funny sometimes. <laughs> um, it's Slasher Girls and Monster Boys, edited by April Genevieve Tucholki. It might be my favorite short story anthology. Um, it's all horror, written by some of the smartest YA horror writers who are currently working. Uh, the premise is that each of the stories in the collection draws inspiration from a classic of the genre. Um, and that genre might be horror, it might be thriller, it might be something else. Um, and then it takes that inspiration and does something different with it. Um, so the, the collection has gory stories, but it also has creature stories. And it has the kind of stories that are creepy because they're more unsettling Mm -hmm. without like a solid reason why they're unsettling, which happens to be like my favorite because I find those the scariest um, kinds of horror stories. Some of the contributors include Lee Bardugo, Kendare Blake, Kat Winters, and Nova Rensuma. And yeah, it's it's an awesome, awesome collection, especially if you love horror. Um, And that is Slasher Girls and Monster Boys. Yeah, I thought this one was, that that one was really underrated. I really liked that uh, anthology quite a bit. Um, let me see. I think that's it for my picks. Do you have any, uh, do you have any other ones? Uh, I was going to throw one more out there. Yeah. This is, this is a new one. It just came out and I haven't read it again. Haven't read it yet, but, uh, 
It's been on my radar, so I'm, I'm curious about it. It's called 1968. Today's authors explore a year of rebellion, revolution, and change, edited by Mark Aronson and Susan Campbell Bartoletti. Um, it's a collection of essays, memoirs, and more from a bunch of authors who are talking about what a pivotal year 1968 was around the world and why 1968 was such a, a powerful year. Um, some of the contributors include Mark Kurlansky, Jim Murphy, Kekla Magoon, and Elizabeth Partridge, which it's like a powerhouse of YA nonfiction writers. Um, so I'm, I'm eager to dig into it. Like I, I'm not a big, I guess, uh, I don't think of myself as much of like a historical reader, uh, Mm -hmm. but this one sounds like it's straight up my alley. So I'm not going to pick it up and that's 1968. Nice. Oh man, so many good anthologies I know. around out there. Um, I love it. Uh, so yeah, why don't I dig into our next sponsor? Um, so our next sponsor uh, is uh, Flatiron Books, publishers of Unstoppable Moses by Tyler James Smith, uh, a contemporary novel in the vein of Jesse Andrews and Stephen Chopsky. Uh, it features 17-year-old Moses Hill, who after accidentally burning down a bowling alley with his cousin and best friend Charlie. Uh, has one week as a camp counselor to prove to the authorities and to himself that he isn't a worthless asshole who belongs in jail uh, when Charlie doesn't get that chance. Can we even say that word? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That wasn't ad-libbed. That, that is the sponsor ad right there. Um, this book sounds good, though. <laughs> it, I mean, it sounds like something. Yeah. And I you don't, know, this, I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. Like we, we the, I'm yeah, reading this ad and talking about Flatiron books. Um, and I know we've mentioned it before, but like I feel like Flatiron's doing such so many interesting, uh, interesting titles. You know, like all these books that are like hitting the list and doing so well. Maybe it'd be interesting to do like, I don't know, Hey YA episodes with like a guest publisher on board or something. Ooh. You know, like that could be fun. That could be fun. That could be fun. But anyhow, uh, Flatiron is a big publisher. Why don't we talk about little publishers? That's my that is my uh, transition into this. That topic. was that was so good. That okay. was so good. <laughs> so we uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about books uh, from small and indie press YA publishers. So I guess we start by defining what that is. Um, it's pretty broad. It basically means that stuff from not uh, from one of the uh, stuff that's not from one of the massive publishers or any of their imprints. Yeah, so like not in the big five, small and scrappy. Um, maybe they're distributed by someone bigger. You know, um, like an indie publisher like Soho Teen is distributed by someone like Penguin Random House, uh, or Running Press has someone like uh, Hachette. You know. Um, and since we both work with indie pubs and our authors, and in my case, my, my agent life, I thought it would be fun to spotlight some of these. Because um, there are, like, massive bestsellers published by indies, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, I used to work at Quirk Books, uh, where we did Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. We had, you know, there's three books. All of them were New York Times bestsellers. Um, this is Where It Ends uh, was a source book's title and a big bestseller. Um, Adam Silvero's first book, uh, a bestseller, More Happy Than Not, was a Soho Teen. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, Nova Rensuma bestseller, Algonquin. I I love my indies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because um, indies don't get quite as much like coverage or, or discussion as as the big ones because uh, they're coming from houses where 
you know, the the budget to market and to uh, distribute those books pre-publication is is much smaller. So yeah, um, you know, it doesn't mean they're not great books, and it, in many cases, it's the small and indie presses that are doing some of the most like inclusive and you know like boundary pushing and important books out there. Um, it's just that sometimes we don't hear about them as as loudly as they deserve to be, you know, shouted about. Yeah, because sometimes they only have like oh goodness, like one publicist. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh, they are doing they are doing good work. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, I I can start and then you can go and we just we'll go Talk back about and forth. some of our our fave scrappy indie books. Yes, please. Well, I don't even I don't even know so much as as favorite as much as. Uh, I've read some of these, but not all of them, because I told you mm-hmm. this is a theme in this episode. Um, yeah. But th- these are ones that have, like, hit my radar or um, I've read great reviews of that deserve a little little shout-out for readers who are looking for something like yeah. that. Um, you know, like, I love Miss Peregrine and bringing it up is fun, but, you know, I think you've probably heard of it. I, uh, I think. That's that one book, right, with, like, the yeah, pictures and stuff? Yeah. That guy, that Tim Burton dude made a movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. Uh the first one I'm going to talk about is by an author who um, I would say he's fairly well known, but maybe maybe not. Maybe it's just because he's an, it's a name I'm familiar with. But the book is Trust Your Name by Tim Tingle. Uh, the book follows a basketball team comprised of members from several Choctaw communities as they begin to rise in the national spotlight. But things, of course, become a lot more complicated as they face racism and unfair calls from those they're playing against. But when two of the team's players are arrested for robbery, everything comes to a head. Did they do it or did they not do it? What's the truth and what's not? Um, Tim Tingle is well known for his native YA. And this is his latest title and it came out last month. And so if you like basketball, if you like stories with native characters um, and you want it to be an own voices story too, um, you'll want to pick up Trust Your Name by Tim Tingle. All right. Uh, for me, let me see. What's a, a recent one I've liked a lot? So uh, The Girl with the Red Balloon by Catherine Locke. Um, it's a duology from the indie publisher Albert Whitman, uh, who some of you might know uh, as the publisher of the Boxcar Children. Um, so this is the second book uh, in Locke's duology. Uh, it actually comes out next month. Um, it's a YA historical novel with time travel, uh, set in East Berlin with teenagers who use magic and balloons to help people get over the wall. Um, it's just this like really smart, fun genre mash of a book. Um, that's really beautiful and also kind of swoony. There's some romance in it. Um, the sequel, The Spy with the Red Balloon, uh, comes out next month. So I don't know, maybe in October, treat yourself to both books and have a weekend of reading. Um, and that's The Girl with the Red Balloon by Catherine Locke. My next one is one that I've read so many reviews of and I'm sad that I haven't picked up yet. Um, and also it like follows with this sports theme I've got going on right now. And that is Running with Lions by Julian Winters. Um, I haven't read read it, as I said, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, a book that follows a star high school goalie named Sebastian as he navigates the senior year of high school, which he's convinced is going to be awesome. Um, he's got a coach who isn't hung up on the sexuality of any of his uh, players, which is something that has been a struggle before. Um, and Sebastian also loves his teammates. Like, they they work really well. It's going to be a great year. But then, because there's Ooh. always a but then, uh, when an estranged childhood best friend shows up to summer training camp, suddenly 
Sebastian's thoughts about what should be a smooth year are made a little bit more difficult. And maybe not because of a rocky relationship between him and said childhood friend, Imal. And that is Running With Lions by Julian Winters. Yeah, that one was, um, oh, who put that out? Interlude, I think, did that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, let's see, my next one is one I've talked about a lot. It's The Abyss Surrounds Us by Emily Skrutsky. Um, it's another duology uh, from an author who writes just like the geeky YA novels of my heart. Um, you know, you might recognize her name from me pleading to get a copy of Hull Metal Girls on the <laughs> podcast and using this podcast in our audience to get the books I want. Um, so this one is from Flux, who is an indie YA imprint under the North Star Editions uh, publisher. Um, it's a story of a teen girl who is part of a family known as Reckoners, who raise giant sea beasts to protect ships as they cross the oceans. Um, and she gets captured by pirates, who now want her to raise a monster of their own, to use for their own maybe nefarious reasons. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of fun. It feels very uh, Pacific Rimmy, matched with uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and it's just... It's amazing, and they're really wonderful. There's two books, uh, and I highly recommend picking them up. And then maybe read Hull Metal Girls, because that book is also excellent. Um, so that's The Abyss Surrounds Us by Emily Skrusky. So you brought up quirk books, and I'm going to talk about a quirk books title. Uh, it's called Girls Resist by Kaylin Rich, and it just came out not too long ago. Um, I'm sad to say that I had an arc, and I was super looking forward to reading it, and then... Uh, yeah, uh, it was a digital arc, and I didn't get to it fast enough. So now no. I have to – yeah, well, story of my life, right? Um, <laughs> so I just have to get it from the library. That's fine. But uh, it's a guide to being a progressive, politi- politically engaged, female-identifying person. Um, and, and the story behind it's great. So um, the idea was that there have been a number of, like, guidebooks to being active and engaged in your community, but, like – the suggestions were things like plant a tree or pick up litter, which those are those are important, but they're not quite like uh, what to do if you want to plan a protest or attend a protest. Um, what do you do if see, you see somebody being the victim of racism? Um, this book goes into those um, sorts of guides and, and offers tools for young readers to get involved in those capacities um Mm. it's also packaged like a scrapbook so it's super appealing to look at and uh pick up and put down and refer to and reference back and forth uh and that is girls resist by kaylin rich nice uh let's see who else do i want to talk about um so i'm talking about another flux title um it's zero boxer by fonda lee um so Fonda Lee's been absolutely blowing up in the sci-fi fantasy world lately, and it's just awesome watching her take off. Uh, Jade City, which is uh, her adult sci-fi fantasy series, was nominated for the Nebula and the World Fantasy Award, and then she has two YA sci-fi fantasy novels with Scholastic, Exo, and Crossfire. Um, but her very first book was with this indie publisher, um, and it is a sci-fi fantasy novel set in the high-stakes landscape of a zero gravity boxing sport um there are tensions rising between earth and mars uh, a team boxer is thrown into the middle of it all um all kinds of drama it's very much like final fantasy 10 meets the expanse meets awesome uh i love this book <laughs> it is a lot of fun so if you've been getting really into fonda lee and her amazing books lately and you want to see where she started uh please pick up zero boxer it is uh it's great <laughs> My next one comes from Carol Roto Books, and it is Open Mic Night at Westminster 
Let me try saying that again since I just tripped <laughs> all over my words. Open Mic Night at Westminster Cemetery by Mary Amato. Um, I haven't read it yet. Again, just sitting on my shelf like waiting for me to read it. I flipped through it though because I'll explain in a second why I flipped through it. Um, it's a book about a girl named Lacey who wakes up in Westminster Cemetery, which is also home of the resting place of Edgar Allan Poe. It's Sam's job. Sam, by the way, died in 1895 to teach her about the afterlife. Although Lacey wants to leave the cemetery and discover why she died, she's also aware that she has to have a job while she's at the cemetery, and her assigned job is providing entertainment. So she decides what she's going to do is host an open mic night and use it as an opportunity to get some answers about her own death, about the afterlife, and about those who are in the cemetery with her. Uh, the reason I flipped through it is because this book is told like a screenplay. So it's uh, written in sort of that format of a play. And I'm totally fascinated by this idea um, of like a scary I don't want to say scary horror uh, novel written in that format that has these gothic elements to it and it's about the afterlife. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading this uh, sooner rather than later. And that is Open Mic Night at Westminster Cemetery by Mary Amato. That sounds great. Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. My next one is Spliced by John McGoran. Um, this one's from Holiday House. Uh, most readers, I think, know John McGoran from his complex, ecocentric thrillers, which are published by Tor, um, which I highly recommend if you like um, mystery with a splash of environmental justice. Um, but Spliced is set in a world where people can blend their genes with the genetics of Ooh. animals. Yeah, giving themselves animal-esque qualities. Um, and it gets really complicated when the government gets involved and they're questioning the rights of these people. It's really cool. It, co it tackles... Uh, really interesting themes around nature and civil rights. Um, only this time he's doing it uh, in YA as opposed to his adult thrillers. Um, I know they've greenlit like two sequels and it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, Spliced by John McGoran. Okay, if you could blend jeans with any animal, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, it would probably be some kind of bird so I could go fly away. Um, <laughs> that would probably... That would probably be the one. Um, but I don't know. It feels like that involves a lot of transforming. You know, like <laughs> I'd, I'd have to get wings. It would be a whole thing. Um, I don't know. Or maybe an animal that knows how to climb really well. That that might be better. Then, then, <laughs> then it's just my hands that are getting all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, my next one is my last one. Um, and it is also from Carol Rota. It's called Girls on the Line by Jenny Liu. It's set in contemporary China, which we don't see very often. And it's about two girls who are working in a factory. When one of them goes missing, we get a deep look at things like human trafficking, the reality of pregnancy in China, poverty, abuse, and much more. This one uh, comes out in November and it looks like something, a, a book that covers like so many huge issues in a country we rarely see books set in uh, for teen readers. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, and that is Girls on the Line by Jenny Liu. 
Well, that sounds great. Um, so I have just two more I want to list really quick. Um, one isn't quite out yet. It is Home and Away by Candace Montgomery, which you can uh, pre-order. Uh, it'll be out this October with Page Street Kids, the imprint of Page Street Press, uh, who most people know because they put out cookbooks. Um, they've broken into YA, and they're doing some really interesting things over there so far. Uh, Home and Away is about a young black teen who discovers a secret in her mother's closet that has to do with her identity and who she is uh, and how everything starts to unravel um, at this discovery. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get a hold of this one. I, I know, I'm a fan of Candace on Twitter and, you know, that that affects sometimes what I read. Uh, so I'm excited to see that one. Uh, so next up is uh, one that's not quite out yet. Um, it's Home and Away by Candace Montgomery. Um, yeah, I want to make sure I'm hyping up this one because I'm really excited about it. It hits bookstores everywhere this October with Page Street Kids. So Page Street is a imprint of Page Street Press, who most people know for their gorgeous cookbooks. Um, and they've broken out into YA. Um, and yeah, they're doing some really great things over there. Uh, Home and Away is about a young black teenager who discovers a secret in her mother's closet that has to do with her identity. Um, and how everything about her starts to unravel at this discovery. Um... That's about all I could say about it, because I haven't read it yet. Uh, but I'm really excited to check it out, because I'm a fan of Candace on Twitter. Um, the next one is one I've talked about quite a bit, but the uh, trilogy is ending, so I think it's worth bringing up again. And that is Timekeeper by Tara Sim. Uh, the last book in the trilogy hits... Uh, I think it's in January with Sky Pony Press. It's called Firestarter. Um, and I know I've screamed about this book plenty of times, so I'll just talk about it really quick. Um, it is a YA set in a world where massive Big Ben-esque clocks literally control time uh, and a teenager who's in charge of fixing them. Uh, if one of these clocks freezes up, a whole town can freeze up. So it's important to, uh, to you know, keep them running. Um, the teenager, he falls hard for a clock spirit who lives inside one of these massive structures. So it's really swoony uh, as well as super imaginative and just oh so good. Uh, and I can't wait for the last book, um, although I'm really going to miss uh, the series. And that is Timekeeper by Tara Sim. I'm glad you brought up Home and Away because that was one I almost put on my list. And then, ah. yeah, and then I, I was looking at our notes and I was like, oh, Eric got it. I won't worry about it. <laughs> um, it's got a beautiful cover, too. It does. It does. Uh, but I think I think that's our show for today. Uh, All right. Like, we gave a ton of book recs, like, for only talking, quote unquote, only talking about two topics. Uh, we probably covered as many books as we would have if we talked about more. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Well, on that note, thank you for tuning in this week. If you've got any feedback about the show, leave it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let us know how we're doing. And when you do that, you help other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and on Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and on Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.